Good morning. Praise be to God. He certainly is worthy to be praised. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. God is great and greatly to be praised. Come on and put your Holy Ghost hands together and let's thank the Lord. Amen, amen. When I was a teenager, I was too cute to praise God. In my 20s, I hadn't gone through anything that allowed me to publicly give God praise. And now I've come in and out of some physical and relational storms, and I know that there is a bomb in Gilead. Oh, bless his name. Amen. And healing for the soul. I greet you in the name that is above every name, Jesus Christ, our resurrected Lord. It is my personality to love and appreciate people, but I am going to restrict myself and not give myself to the desire to publicly tell you what all of my friends and family that are present mean to me because I want to not only be remembered as a minister of the gospel uh, that preaches with biblical clarity and integrity, I want Truett to remember me as a woman who could follow instructions. Uh, I have 20 minutes. I have 20 minutes and uh, black preachers, we joke that it takes a black preacher more than 20 minutes to clear his or her throat. Uh, but I believe, I remember my daddy saying when you preach, you may not be able to tell the whole story. So we'll do our best. I'm so thankful for these young people. Aren't we excited that the millennium, millennials have come? We've been waiting on your generation. Congratulations, I'm so proud of you and on behalf of your pastors, um, on behalf of your mamas and daddies and aunties, I just want you to hear the words, we are proud of you. We are waiting on you and we're excited about what God has in store for each of you. Uh, I acknowledge friends and family that traveled from near and far last night. Thank you so much to those that stayed over to encourage us with your presence today. Thank the Lord for uh, this outstanding university that prepares young Christian leaders. Let me also just thank the Lord for uh, Dr. Todd Steele. I'm so grateful for his intentionality in shepherding, even in absentia, he is here with me. Please hug him for me because he makes this place a place I enjoy calling home. Let me also thank Sean, who has gifts that I do not have. My gifts lean towards being ministerial or pastoral, not administrative, and I have seen gifts in him that I admire. I thank the Lord for he and his team, and thank you, Dr. Gregory, because this is your birth child, and the world wouldn't know the name E.K. Bailey without your voice. Thank you for being a good friend to my dad in life and death. And thank you, Truett, for bestowing this honor to the first woman today. I can't concentrate on being the first woman recipient because I would be overcome and overwhelmed, but I did come to say, as Maya Angelou and Oprah said, I come as one, but I stand as many. So on behalf of all women that have felt ostracized and muted and ignored, thank you so much for affirming all of us. All we want to do is tell the world that Jesus lives. Thank you. I'm so grateful to be a daughter of the Most High King. And I thank women that have provided their shoulders to love and to lift, and what a joy it is to do it for the next generation. I thank my family for being here. My mother is here, uncles, dear friends, and my pastor and his beautiful wife. Will you indulge me and help me welcome my friends and family? Will you stand? God bless you. 
thank you very much for being here today. Will you pray with me? Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this word. Thank you so much that you preach for preachers. Thank you so much that we can never stand in our own giftedness or intelligence. Thank you that you continue to place your treasure in trash cans. And so God, preach for me. I pray that we will be challenged, empowered, convicted, and changed. Thank you so much for this holy hill. And we thank you for the lives that are impacted today. We give you glory in advance. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you to the members of this stellar staff and faculty, uh, these tremendously gifted students, and that awesome praise team. I said, if these babies don't stop singing, they're going to see me become Baptocostal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there's a word from the Lord. Thank you so much to my dear brother and sister for reading that. Pat, never, never stop reading like that because the word of God is alive. And thank you for that beautiful prayer. Since protocol has been established and the text has been written, I'd like to invite you to someone, uh, to meet someone that I've invited today because I think you may be encouraged by her story over mine. Are you interested? Well, let's greet her as she comes. Well, good morning. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is Channel 5 Eyewitness News from Capernaum. Are you interested in walking with me through the narrow streets of the fish country? Well, I'd like to present to you a few pages of my diary, and if you are taking notes today, let's simply tag this text, Jesus has come to town. Will you say that with me, please? Jesus has come to town. Well, so many interesting things are happening in the news today. Women are gathering with their children. Women are gathering for the tea of the day. And you have to know the tea is not chamomile, Earl Grey, or peppermint. It is the gossip of the morning. Now, I know women don't gossip here at Truett, but in the Bible day, we are always finding cliques of people gossiping in the streets. Today is some juicy gossip. Will you walk with me through the city of Capernaum? Well, what do we see? Jesus and his boys, you know them as the disciples, are crossing over the Sea of Galilee. Isn't this interesting that one city is rushing Jesus outside of the city because he's upset the economic equilibrium? Here we see one city is furious because Jesus has drowned a group of pigs infested with demons and they are more concerned about the ham and bacon that's been lost than they are of a man that now is sitting in his right mind. Two cities, same God. And here he crosses over to the other side to a different type of temperature because in Capernaum, people are jumping up and down. Jesus has come to town. Jesus has come to town. Jesus has come to town. What happens, Truett, when Jesus comes to the city? I wish I had time today, but I do want to leave you with this. When Jesus comes to town, accessibility to him comes to the town. When Jesus comes to town, availability to him comes to town. When Jesus comes to town, he brings all power to that city. And aren't you grateful that his availability, accessibility, and all power isn't restricted to our town of Capernaum? Because Jesus has come to Waco on today. That's good news for someone struggling in Greek and Hebrew and pastoral counseling and New Testament survey. You need to know you have nothing to worry about. Do your part, but know that God will do his part because he's come to the city. 
And when he comes to the city, availability, accessibility, and all power come. Well, let's go with me through the city. What do we see here? Jairus, a synagogue ruler, known as a prestigious pastor, has publicly humiliated himself by prostrating himself at the feet of a no-name itinerant preacher. What would cause Jairus to publicly humiliate himself when trouble knocks on the door of your home? find Jesus and fall at his feet. When trouble knocks on the door of your health report, find Jesus and fall at his feet. When trouble knocks on the door of your relationship, find Jesus and fall at his feet. When trouble knocks on the door of your report card, find Jesus and fall at his feet. It's so exciting to see this happening because you would never see the president of Baylor bowing down in public, humiliating him or herself, would you? Uh, but trouble of the 12-year-old at home caused the troubleshooter to need some troubleshooting. Have I come to encourage someone that's the pastor of your family? Some days pastors need pastors. Are you the minister of your circle? Sometimes the minister needs some ministry find Jesus and fall at his feet. But the text of this passage keeps moving. Not only do we see when you find Jesus, you fall at his feet, you keep it moving. And God has a way of helping us to keep things moving even in our heart when we have to stand still. Well, I remember hearing Jesus say, Jairus, I know your little girl is sick, but just believe and have faith. Uh, since the New Testament scholars are here, you already know that he's urging him to have a trust transfusion. Some of you are too young to know what it's like to have a blood transfusion, but if you keep on living, you will have an opportunity to have a trust transfusion. This means that you will have to suddenly take trust out of who your mama and daddy are. Pedigree can't hold you when your little girl is sick. This means you'll have to take your trust out of what's in the bank account or in your trust and put it in the hands of the Prince of Peace. You will have to take what you know is stock in your Facebook and Instagram fan club. Put it in the hands of the Prince of Peace. Jairus, chill. I'm coming to your house today. And when I come to town, you and your daughter receive availability, accessibility, and all power. Just have faith and believe. J.R. says, okay, well, let's head to my house. But before they could get to the house, we see a woman coming out of a clinic. I wish I had time to unpack that, but you can't be late to class. So let me just quickly tell you what's happened in the news today. This woman is depressed, wouldn't you be, if you had a menstrual cycle that's been going on for 12 years? Ah, men, you don't know the depression and the low self-esteem associated with the menstrual cycle that, don't worry, I won't be here long, that, that lasts, this is, grown, this is grown folks today, five and seven days, but imagine it going on for 12 long years. This means that the society would consider you unclean, and wherever you went, people would call you by your disease and not by your name. This means wherever you go, people would say, fibroid coming, not Deborah coming. Man or woman with AIDS coming, not Chuck or Charles coming. Man or woman that's flunking out of seminary, not Bob or Junior coming. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful when Jesus comes to the city, he calls you by your name and not by your condition. That's good to know because somebody's counselor in high school said don't go to seminary. You'll never rise to the occasion, but Jesus has come to town and says I'll complete everything that I've begun in you. Yeah. 
You don't believe he changes names and natures. Think about Paul, who was a hit man turned holy man. <laughs> Jesus changes names and natures. What about the artist formerly known as Abram and Sarah? Abram and Sarai suddenly transformed their names and nature to the father and mother of our faith. Abraham and Sarai, when Jesus comes to the city, he changes names and natures, find him, and fall at his feet. And here we see this woman, the text of this passage and of this day never says if she were married, but if she were married because she was contaminated, she would have to be divorced from her husband. Imagine if you had a gynecological disease and because you were sick, you couldn't be married anymore. Some of you are not old enough to know what a gynecological problem is. And I remember so many people growing up hearing issue of blood and never knew what it meant. This is a menstrual cycle that will not stop, far worse than fibroids. So this means when people see you, they smell you and see you. They see the blood, but they don't see you. I don't know about you, but I can imagine her having on a tunic that says hashtag me too because she has been pushed to the margins of society, but when Jesus comes to town, he doesn't call her nasty woman. When Jesus comes to the city, he doesn't call us by labels, he calls us by our name, and here she's probably mourning because the baths of Tiberias didn't work for her condition. She's probably mourning because she missed going to church. She missed her kids and her husband. If she were single, she missed hanging out with her girlfriends and her crew. And suddenly Jesus comes to town and she puts down twigs and berries and she yanks on the garment of God. How do we know she yanked? Because the text of this story in this news documentary said that she pulled on him because she believed that he would cure her of her disease. And I've heard people talk about this text for years, but let me set the record straight. It wasn't the H-E-M, it was the H-I-M. She wasn't yanking on Tommy Hilfiger. She wasn't having trust in Louis Vuitton. I see you with your Gucci belts and your coach glasses, but there's no power in those labels. She knew it wasn't the H-E-M of the tunic, it was H-I-M, and wherever you are, on your academic journey, I dare you to put down your temporary fixes and yank on the garment of God. Because when you yank on him, you yank on dunamis power. You yank on the one that has all power. And I don't know about you, but there comes a time in life you don't need patty cake power. You need all power. And when Jesus comes, he brings availability, accessibility, and all power. Sometimes you'll be placed in a setting where you'll be ostracized and marginalized. I dare you to do what the woman with the issue of blood did. She stooped. It's very important because you're getting ready to graduate to go to places that put more concentration on standing, rising, and flying. But your attitude will determine your altitude. And you'll never fly if you never learn how to kneel. You'll never stand if you don't know how to stoop. Don't become a pastor if you've never spent time taking out the trash as a volunteer. We want to be Women's Day speaker and woman of the year, but will we stay and cry with women who are sick and who have recently miscarried? Don't miss Jesus working for Jesus. Don't miss Jesus in the name of I'm on the way to church and drive right by the homeless and the uninsured. 
but the text keeps moving. Jesus stops and heals her of her infirmity and saves her instantaneously. And if you need the touch today, he can do that for you. What is your predicament? What is the precarious predicament that's forced you to find Jesus? I dare you to find him and fall at his feet. Learn how to stoop, because in stooping, you may be saved. He can touch you instantaneously. I wish I had time to destroy the theology of um, prosperity preachers, but that's another occasion. Because some people think that if Jesus doesn't heal you, that his godness has been diluted. And I want you to know if you ever have been sick or will get sick, if God doesn't heal you, he doesn't dilute his godness. He chooses to heal you on the other side. He is God, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He's Jesus today, Jesus tomorrow. He was Jesus, he is Jesus, he will be Jesus. He is Jesus, he was Jesus, he shall be Jesus. He's Jesus in all senses. But I have to, in the words of E.K. Bailey, hunt this off. Not only do we see you find Jesus and fall at his feet, you gotta remember to stoop in order to stand. Put down your temporary fixes and reach and yank on the garment of God. But not only that, remember your delay is not your denial. Just because your homegirls are getting married doesn't mean that God doesn't have a spouse for you. Just because other friends are getting churches, it doesn't mean that there is not a job for you. Delay does not mean denial. Then someone says, listen, Jesus, uh, we just got word Jairus' daughter died. And here, Jairus must have been thinking what you and I would think. Jesus was so busy answering someone else's prayer request that he forgot about mine. You have to know when Jesus comes to the city, he doesn't bring amnesia. Dr. Robert Smith Jr., preaching professor of Beeson Divinity School, would say, Jesus doesn't react, he pre-acts. He already knew that the girl would be dead when he got to the house. But you have to know, when Jesus comes to the city, death has to die. So Jesus gets to the, <laughs> Jesus gets to the house and tells the drama field professional mourners, she's not dead, she's only sleeping. I want to know what has been called a cold blue in your experience. It's not dead, it's only sleeping. And when Jesus comes into the house, he puts the drama-filled negative people out because he wants a certain atmosphere to do a miracle in the house. There's some perspectives that you have to show the exit so God can do a miracle in your life. And sooner than at once and quicker than right now, we see in this news report, Jesus says, Talitha Kumi, in African-American vernacular, little girl, you know you ain't dead, get up out of that bed. When Jesus comes to the city, death has to die, but don't worry, this is the same Jesus that they hung high and stretched wide. Friday was a day of devastation, but Sunday was a day of celebration. And wherever you are today, know that it's morning time. You came here morning, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. But I want you to go to class knowing it's morning time. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I've needed. Every scholarship I needed. Every word I needed. Every affirmation I needed. Thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness. Lord unto me. It's morning time.